the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Egypt in the scriptures is a picture of the world. And the Egyptians think the Hebrews are an abomination. Sometimes Christians try to fit into the world. Sometimes Christians try to fit into the world, but the world doesn't really want us fitting in with it. The world, you know, the world's not out there saying, how, how can we include the Christians? How can we accommodate the Christians? How can we make the Christians feel accepted? Jesus said, if the world hates you, remember the world hated me first. Remember middle school? Did you find it hard to fit in and make friends? Most of us can relate to that experience. What about you as a Christian? Do you find it hard to fit in with those around you? In today's message, Pastor Dan shares what it's like to be a Christian in today's world and how that relates to the Hebrews in Egypt during Old Testament times. Pastor Dan also shares how God uses our life experiences to prepare us for our eternity with Him in heaven. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 43 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. You know, interestingly, that's exactly what they did to Joseph years before. They seized him, they sold him into slavery, and they fear that they will be treated the same way they treated Joseph. They think the prime minister is just like them, and is going to treat them the way that they've treated others. And sometimes that's how people think about God, isn't it? That God's just like us, and God's going to treat me the way that I, I've treated People. And, you know, there's some Christians that when they sin, they become afraid to come into the presence of Jesus. They don't want to be around Jesus. And, and they think, well, I, I've blown it. Now Jesus is angry with me. He's going to seize me. He's going to enslave me. He's going to punish me for what I did. He's going to let me have it. Jesus isn't like you. He's not like me. Praise the Lord. We might do that to other people. We might punish people for doing us wrong. But Jesus isn't like us. But some, some Christians, they, they become afraid to come into the presence of Jesus. They don't, they don't want to be around Jesus or they're, they're afraid to, to come into his house. Je- Joseph says, bring him to my house. I want him in my house so I can have a meal with them, so I can have fellowship and commune with them. And they're afraid to go into Joseph's house. And there's some Christians that they, they sin. They become afraid to go into the house of the Lord. Afraid to go to church. Afraid to be around other believers. Some even become afraid to come to the Lord's table. And take communion together with them. They think, well, I can't have communion. I can't take the bread and the cup after what I've done. Listen, give me your attention. The opposite is true. <laughs> the opposite 
is right. When we sin, when we fail, when we blow it, that's when we need to come into the Lord's presence. That's that's when we need to be around the body of Christ. That's when we should come to the Lord's table and take communion and remember his sacrifice and remember his shed blood and his broken body that takes away all our sins. Jesus invites us into his house and to his table not to punish us. Not to seize us and make a case against us. But to forgive us. And to cleanse us of all of our sin. Do you see? Do you see the grace of our Lord in this? When we sin, when we blow it, he says, come into my house. Come to my table. Take and eat of the bread and the cup and. Do this in remembrance of me. I've I've died for your sins. I paid for that sin. It's under the blood. So verse 19, when they drew near to the steward of Joseph's house, they talked with him at the door of the house and said, oh, oh, sir, we indeed came down the first time to buy food, but it happened when we came to the encampment that we opened our sacks and there each man's money was in the mouth of a sack. Our money is full, in full weight. So we have brought it back in our hand and we have brought down other money in our hands to buy food. We do not know who put our money in our sacks. Jacob's sons explained to the steward, hey, this is all just a big misunderstanding. We're not really sure how we got the money back, but we've brought the money, but we want to we make it right here. We want to pay what we owe you. You know, but, but look at what the steward says in verse 23. He says, peace be with you. Don't be afraid. Your God and the God of your father has given you treasure in your sex. I had your money. And then he leaves. <laughs> and he goes and gets Simeon and brings Simeon out to them. The steward says, hey, your God gave you your money back. Now, how did this Egyptian steward know about their God, the God of the Hebrews, from working with Joseph? He works with Joseph. Joseph shared with his co-workers about his God. In fact, we've seen that Joseph used every opportunity to tell others about his God. If you remember back in chapter 40, when Joseph was in prison and the butler and the baker Uh, had their dreams, and Joseph said, well, interpretation belongs to God. God will give you the, Elohim will give you the interpretation. In chapter 41, when Joseph was brought before Pharaoh to interpret Pharaoh's dream, he said, well, it's, it's not in me, but God will give Pharaoh understanding. God can tell you what your dream's about, Pharaoh. And again, he uses the name Elohim. And, and those were the first words out of Joseph's mouth to the most powerful ruler in the world. Well, God God will tell you. I I can't help you, but God can. And so as we look at Joseph, we see he's, he's always using every opportunity to share about his God. And, and we should follow Joseph's example. Use every opportunity presented to us to share Jesus Christ with people. And even look for opportunities and ways that we can bring Jesus Christ into the conversation. So verse 24, the man brought the men into Joseph's house. And look what it says. He gave them water and they washed their feet and he gave their donkeys feed. When we come into the house of the Lord, we're washed by the water of the word. 
were refreshed by the Holy Spirit. Verse 25, then they made the present ready for Joseph's coming at noon, for they heard that they would eat bread there. Remember, they've got this gift basket that they put together. They get that ready to present to the prime minister. And when Joseph came home, they brought him the present, which was in their hand into the house and bowed down before him to the earth. Now, at this point, all 11 brothers are together. This is the first time all 11 brothers are together before Joseph. And all 11 brothers bow down before Joseph, fulfilling that dream that Joseph had back in chapter 37, when Joseph was a young man, more than 20 years before this, it's finally fulfilled. Verse 27, then he asked them about their well-being and said, is your father well? The old man of whom you spoke, is, is he still alive? And they probably thought, why is this guy asking us about our dad? Why does he care so much about our father? And they answered, your servant, our father, is in good health. He's still alive. And they bowed their heads down and prostrated themselves again. So they're bowing down again. And, uh, and then verse 29, then he lifted his eyes and he saw his brother Benjamin. That's his full brother, his only full brother, his mother's son. And said, is this your younger brother of whom you spoke to me? And then he said to Benjamin, God, be gracious to you. My son. Now, it's, it's thought that Benjamin was about three or four years old the last time that Joseph saw him. And now he's in like his mid-20s. And so you can imagine here, it's the first time he's seen, last time he saw him, he was like a three or four-year-old kid. And that, now he's, you know, in his mid-20s. And so Joseph said, is this your younger brother of whom you spoke to me? You know, most of you, most of you are aware that my wife and I are from Florida, and we moved here about 18 years ago uh, to plant this church. And we go down to Florida just about every year to visit family. Uh, and when we go to Florida, we go to the, the Calvary Chapel that we attended and were part of when we lived down there. Uh, but we've been away for almost 20 years. And sometimes when we're at that church, I'll see people uh, that were children when we lived there you know, maybe elementary age, and now they're in their 20s or 30s, and they have kids of their own. And you're kind of like, I think I, think I recognize that. I think that's who that is, right? And, and you feel, you feel kind of old, right? Like, wow. And I'm wondering, are they, are they looking at me shocked at how much I've aged and have grown, or, you know, the way that I'm looking at them? There was one time I was down there, I was eating in a restaurant with a, with a family member, and our waiter said to me, I think you might know my parents. <laughs> I said, really? Who are your parents? Oh, yeah. Hey, you're not five years old anymore. Wow. You know. And that's kind of the situation for Joseph here. He hasn't seen Benjamin for more than 20 years. Last time he saw him, he's like three or four years old. So he says, is, 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 this, is this your younger brother? And then Joseph spoke this blessing to Benjamin. God be gracious to you. My son. Now, remember, Joseph spoke Egyptian. He says this through an interpreter, but Joseph used the name Elohim. Elohim, be gracious to you. He didn't use the name of an Egyptian god, but the god of the Hebrews. This all must seem very odd to his brothers. All of the, you know, you know they're coming, you know, being called out of the crowd, out of line to go to the prime minister's palace. You're going to have this lunch now with the prime minister. And the steward saying, hey, your, your God blessed you and gave you treasure in your sack, you know, and, 
And now here's the prime minister speaking a blessing over their younger brother using the name Elohim and not the name of some Egyptian god. And I'm sure they're thinking, what is going on? What is the deal here? So verse 30, it says, now Joseph's heart yearned for his brother. So Joseph made haste and sought somewhere to weep, and he went into his chamber, and he wept there. So Joseph yearned for his brother. And again, Joseph is a picture of Jesus. Jesus yearns for us. He yearns to be reconciled to us. He yearns to have a relationship with us. And Jesus also wept on two occasions in the Gospels. He wept at the tomb of Lazarus, and he wept over Jerusalem because the people of Jerusalem had rejected him as the Messiah. And so Joseph has to excuse himself. He leaves the room, leaves his brothers there in a room, and he goes into another room so that he can weep. And so his brothers were just left there in the palace you know, by themselves. Well, Joseph is off in some other room for however long. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m., I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. This is getting stranger by the minute for the brothers. So then it says, verse 31, uh, Joseph washed his face, and fixed his eyeliner, right? Because Egyptian men wore eyeliner, right? So he fixes his eyeliner, reapplies his mascara. (laughs) Unless he had waterproof mascara. The Egyptians were very advanced, it's possible. And he came out, so now he finally comes out. Look what it says. He restrained himself. And he said, serve the bread. So he's holding back his emotions. He's got a lump in his throat, holding back his emotions, you know, and finally just says to the servant, serve the bread, you know, just holding back the tears, you know, just serve the bread kind of thing, you know, before he starts crying again. So they set him a place, Joseph, by himself and them by themselves and the Egyptians who ate with him by themselves because the Egyptians could not eat food with the Hebrews for that is an abomination to the Egyptians. So they have three tables, one for Joseph by himself, because Joseph was a Hebrew, one for the Egyptians who were present, and a third table for the, the 11 brothers. So they were social distancing at meals back then even, right? Actually, no, what's happening here, the seating was segregated. The seating was segregated because the Egyptians could not eat with the Hebrews, it says, for that is an abomination To the Egyptians. The Egyptians saw themselves as superior to all other ethnic groups and people. They viewed all other ethnicities as inferior. And so Egyptians ate only with Egyptians. So they they had segregated dining in in Egypt. This discrimination was happening 3,800 years ago. 
in Egypt. You know, the Bible says that God made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth. We're all created by God and we all come from one blood, meaning we're all descendants of Adam through Noah. We're all from the same family, one blood, one family. So there's not really a, a, a place for this kind of discrimination in the scriptures. You know, in Revelation, it, it describes the, the, the redeemed around the throne of God in heaven. And, and they're described as redeemed to God by the blood of Jesus Christ out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, which indicates those distinctions are retained in heaven. They're part of God's creative design, so they're good. And what unifies the redeemed in heaven is their shared focus on the Lamb, Jesus Christ. People from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation will be there and will all be focused on Jesus and worshiping Him. And I love, I love that when we come here, we focus on Jesus and worshiping Him. You know, one other point about verse 32 Egypt in the scriptures is a picture of the world. And the Egyptians think the Hebrews are an abomination. Sometimes Christians try to fit into the world. Sometimes Christians try to fit into the world, but the world doesn't really want us fitting in with it. The world, you know, the world's not out there saying, how, how can we include the Christians? How can we accommodate the Christians? How can we make the Christians feel accepted? Jesus said, if the world hates you, remember the world hated me first. Paul said to those who are perishing, we are a dreadful smell of death. You know, you, if you've ever been around a dead animal, right? That's, that's the picture that Paul is using. The world sees us as the, the dreadful smell of death, an abomination. The, the world, the world doesn't, doesn't want to accommodate us. The world doesn't want to include us. So, so we shouldn't expect the world to accept us or or, or for the world to make a place for us. We're to be in the world, but not of the world. You know, when we get to chapter 46, um, spoiler alert, <laughs> Joseph's going to reveal himself to his family, and he's going to have his family move down to Egypt to live with him. He tells his family before they come down, when they go in to meet Pharaoh, he tells them, tell Pharaoh your shepherds. And it says, because shepherds are an abomination to the Egyptians. Joseph actually tells his family, make sure you tell him you're shepherds because then he's going to separate you from the rest of the Egyptians because they don't want to interact with shepherds. What is Joseph doing? He is preserving his family's holiness, their separated state. Tell him you're shepherds so you can preserve your separatedness from the world. So verse 33, and we're almost finished here. And they sat before him. Now look what it says. The firstborn according to his birthright and the youngest according to his youth. And the men looked in astonishment at one another. Joseph had, had the steward seat his brothers in order by age from the oldest to the youngest. So he's got them seated in order by age around the table. And the brothers are looking at each other with astonishment. How did he know? What order to put us in? I mean, this is getting stranger and stranger and stranger for Joseph's brothers. Then verse 34, he took servings to them, Joseph here. So now Joseph, the prime minister, right? They, they think it's the prime minister. 
he gets up from his table. He took servings to them from before him, his own food. But Benjamin's serving was five times as much as any of theirs. So they drank and were merry with him. Now, why does Joseph do this? Why does Joseph give Benjamin five times as much food? He's testing his brothers. He's testing them to see if they've had a change of heart at all. Because years before, when Joseph received special treatment from their father and was given that coat of many colors, the brothers were envious. They were jealous. They hated Joseph because he received special treatment. And they sold Joseph into slavery. So this is a test to see how his brothers will respond to Benjamin's special treatment. You know, one way that the Lord can see the change in our hearts is by how we respond when others receive special treatment or when others are successful or more successful than we are. Do we become envious? Do we become bitter? Do we become resentful? Do we say, hey, why did he get five times as much? That's not fair. Or why did he get selected? Or why did she get the promotion? Or why is that person more successful than me? I work harder than, than them. Are, are we envious? Or do we rejoice for their success? You know, the Bible says weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. And have you noticed that it's, it's easier to weep with those who weep? It's, it's easier to be sympathetic and empathetic. When someone's going through a difficult time or a trial of some kind, that's easier than rejoicing with those who rejoice. Because rejoicing with those who rejoice, that really tests the heart, right? And so can we rejoice with those who rejoice? Can we say, hey, congratulations. Hey, I'm happy for you. Praise the Lord. Glad that happened. You're, you deserve it. So that's the test here. And look at the end of verse 34. It says, they drank and were merry with him, with Benjamin. So they weren't envious of Benjamin. They were happy for him. They were able to rejoice with him. Hey, praise the Lord. You got five times as much than, than we did. That's crazy. That's wonderful for you. And they passed the test. Their hearts were changed. So then the question you might think is, well, then why doesn't Joseph reveal himself right now? They passed the test. They got it right. Because there's another test. There's more tests to come. And for you and for me, we, we might think, why doesn't the Lord just come back today? Why, why, why doesn't the Lord just take us home? Why doesn't he just re re reveal himself and come down and take us up to heaven? What's he waiting for? He's preparing us. He's preparing us for heaven. He's preparing you for heaven. He's preparing me for heaven. He's preparing heaven for us, and he's preparing us for heaven. We're not ready yet. There's still more work to be done. But we are confident of this, that he that began the good work in us will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for just the example of Joseph, Lord, and the way that you worked in his life and the way that you showed yourself in his life and the way that you worked all things together for good in Joseph's life. And Lord, we're, we're just grateful for the way that you work in our lives and the way that you um, provide for us and the way that you change us and transform us, Lord. We thank you also that, uh, that you're so gracious towards us, Lord, and you, you invite us into your presence. You invite us to your table even when and especially when we sin and we fail, Lord. And, uh, 
Lord, you, you're so good to us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Genesis, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and we encourage you to keep reading on your own. As you go through Genesis, it's important to not lose sight of the bigger picture of God's plan. You get some valuable insights into God's character through this book and how he interacts and intercedes with those he's created. Would you like to listen to more teachings from this series or explore other message series from God's Word? If so, visit our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you every time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We also want to encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with the Lord. It's important to spend time in fellowship with other believers. The body of Christ functions best together after all. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Visit calvaryec.com to find directions and get more information about joining us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. That's all we have time for today. Tune in next time to continue this study in Genesis right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.